This is Leslin from Try This at Home. Today, we're talking about self-care, and it's a much bigger conversation than you might imagine. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. When your day goes south or your relationship gets salty, you need tools that will turn it around with decades of experience and a variety of perspectives between them. Leslie Sleesman and Leslin Kantner bring you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating your best life. Together, they're sharing ideas you can take home and try. Each week, their discussion will zero in on one idea, one technique, or one activity that has the potential to make your life a little better. And now, here is Leslie and Leslin with Try This at Home. Hi, Leslin. Hello, Leslie. How are you today? Wonderful. Good. Loving the warmer weather here. We are having a really nice day, and it's a great treat from the cold air that we had. I'm super excited about this conversation today. Yes, I love talking about self-care. Why? What, What do you like about it? Well, I think that when you really get digging into it, people don't realize how broad of a topic it is. Or I don't think they realize how important it is. Yeah. Definitely. I find um, that a lot of my conversations in my practice are designated specifically towards self-care because it's a core element of a lot of the other um, ailments that we have emotionally and physically, frankly. Right. We don't honor self-care in our culture the way that we really need to. And we know how to care for ourselves physically but we really have a deficit in our ability to care for ourselves emotionally. And in his famous TED Talk, Why We Need to Practice Emotional First Aid, Guy Winch, who's a psychologist from New York and a best-selling author as well as a keynote uh, speaker, has this to say. I recently was at a friend's house and their five-year-old was getting ready for bed. He was standing on a stool by the sink, brushing his teeth, when he slipped and scratched his leg on the stool when he fell. He cried for a minute, but then he got back up, got back on the stool and reached out for a box of Band-Aids to put one on his cut. Now, this kid could barely tie his shoelaces, but he knew you have to cover a cut so it doesn't become infected, and you have to care for your teeth by brushing twice a day. We all know how to maintain our physical health and how to practice dental hygiene, right? We we know it since we were five years old. But what do we know about maintaining our psychological health? Wasn't that interesting? Yes, I love the analogy that he made. It's so fascinating. He talks about how A five-year-old child, when they um, get scraped or bruised, they go get a Band-Aid and it's by five, by the age of five, we know how to take care of ourselves physically, but we don't spend any time really learning how to take care of ourselves emotionally. And I think it's a really valid uh, topic of conversation. So our culture is this increasing pressure to constantly drive ourselves to achieve and i think even with children you know children we have them in dance and karate and gymnastics and (laughs) flag football and baseball and 
We sell Girl Scout cookies and Boy Scout popcorn. And when do our kids have an opportunity to kind of just reset? Right. Or if you don't do that, because I'm I'm the quote unquote bad mom because I only have my son involved in activities right now, my nine year old and my daughter and my youngest son are not involved in anything currently. And when people ask me, well, what are your kids do? And I'm like, well, you know, my son plays baseball and he's in scouts and then that's it. And they're shocked that I, that I don't have them in 20 different activities. So, and isn't it interesting that you label yourself a bad mom because of that? <laughs> right. And well, what you're saying is maybe that's not so bad. It's not so bad. I think if somebody asked me that question, I'd have to say, um, they play. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. You know, you, they, they, they're kids. They, they drive just, me crazy. Oh, well. Yeah, that's their job. <laughs> <laughs> they do what kids do. <laughs> right. Right. How do you take care of yourself, Leslie? Well, I will tell you that several years ago, I would have told you that self-care, I couldn't, I didn't have time for it. I couldn't fit it in. Mm-hmm. I, I can't I take hear a that bubble, a lot. I can't take a bubble bath every night. So therefore I can't self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had a lot of wisdom on this topic several years ago. And so now my self-care looks like taking a bath when I can, mm-hmm. but it's also cleaning my house. It's also reading. It's also going to Starbucks and having a latte and doing some work there that I'm excited to do if I'm like working on a new project. Um, so it looks like a lot of different things. So you bring up a really great point. Not only does self-care look like a lot of different things, but in your life, self-care is cleaning house and working. Yeah. Which yeah. sounds rather contradictory to the whole concept of self-care, right? Well, yeah. And that's, I thought it couldn't be those mm-hmm. things. I really did. I thought, well, these don't count. Mm-hmm. You know, this this can't count. Um, but when you look about look at what self-care is and what it's supposed to do for you, it became really clear to me that those things absolutely are self-care for me. Right. And that's the key. It's really understanding what are my priorities? What helps me feel good? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. What is it that brings me joy? And the things that bring you joy, when you engage in those things, you are actively engaging in the concept of self-care. Right. So for a lot of people, cleaning house does bring them joy. Yeah. I, I love the, well, not only cleaning for me, I get to kind of kill two birds with one stone because I often listen to audiobooks or podcasts. So that is is fun mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm you know multitasking and then the reward of having a nice clean house makes me feel good when I'm done exactly and it, and when I was a new therapist I used to try to convince people that cleaning house was not self-care and that they needed to you know relax and read a book and whatnot and With I found that <laughs> their anxiety would actually increase because the things that were really important to them weren't happening right and it didn't take long before I had to really understand that self-care couldn't be uh, identified by me. It had to be defined by the person who was engaging right. in the activity. So I think without calling it self-care, I was first introduced to this concept that it could look different than a bubble bath when I was in um, mops after I'd had my first son. And... Um, 
one of the the mentor moms, she was an older woman, and she said that, you know, something that made her or brought her so much joy was no matter how busy the day was, no matter how late it was, she would just empty the dishes in her sink so that when she woke up, she had a clean sink. And that just brought her a lot of happiness. Um, And so I thought, oh, yeah, that's that that can bring me happiness mm-hmm. it does you know happiness doesn't have to be you go shopping and buy a new outfit happiness can be coming down in the morning to a clean sink and your sink is clean mm-hmm. yeah right mm-hmm. and uh, self-care is not um just something it shouldn't be something that we think about doing we need to make it part of a discipline you know you don't wake up and think about brushing your teeth necessarily you just wake up and you do that right you don't think about putting on clean underwear every day you just do that right hopefully hopefully and (laughs) and self-care really needs to be the same exact uh concept it needs to be a discipline it needs to be something that we do every day even if it's something different every day Frankly, I would encourage it to be something different every day. Um, anything that we do all the time can get mundane and stop being something that we that fulfills us. As a matter of fact, I would tell you that maybe 20 years ago, coming down to a clean sink was really valuable to me when there were a lot of household chores routinely on my on my to-do list. Right. Today, I don't value that as much because it's almost the only thing that I have to do on a regular basis. Right. You know, I I don't have the same daily mm-hmm. chore list. Right. But when everything else is a mess because there's toys everywhere and shoes and backpacks, a clean sink has a lot of value. Right. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good point. I also want to say men need to pay particular attention to self-care. Um, men are actually better at it, I think, for some reason. I don't know that they quite internalize the demands that women have a tendency to do. And so uh, often men will make plans with their friends or they'll go out to their uh, garage or their their um, man cave. <laughs> they will uh, get up and go golfing on Saturday morning. And we we think of that, or in, I don't know that we consciously think about that as self-care, but of course it is. Yeah, I think my husband might not ever participate in self-care <laughs> well <laughs> i need to encourage him to do that more absolutely you do i think w- w- and we really need to encourage our kids yeah to if we teach them if we create a culture of self-care then maybe we won't have the stress issues that currently plague our society okay so i've never not even until today have i thought about my kids participating in self-care so what does that look like in my instance i have you know nine seven and six what does that look like for children their age well it sounds to me like you have at least subconsciously considered that because you haven't over scheduled your children right Right. you've encouraged them to to be children into play i think for children self-care is just that it's learning how to play it's learning how to use their imagination it's cuddle time with mom and dad it's playtime with other friends outside of their siblings. It's getting outdoors. Um, self-care could be a video game, certainly with time limits in, in consideration of that. Right. It could be vegging out to a cartoon episode. When I was a kid, 
The only time cartoons were on TV was Saturday morning. You know, we would get up and watch cartoons and it was a a big deal to lay on the couch and watch cartoons until 9, 9.30. None of the good cartoons were really on after 9.30. I remember that from when I was younger, like it it faded. (laughs) Yeah. And then, but now cartoons are available 24-7 and they, they don't take on. And that kind of speaks to your question about, should you change up your self-care? Yeah. yeah, and absolutely it is. Right. So for this episode's Try This at Home, we created a free download for you on our website that is a list of 50 ways to self-care. And it just gives you some ideas of different ways to participate in self-care, kind of outside of the box, things you might not have thought about before. Um, and then there's a place for you to add to that list and write down some things that you want to do. Great. And and I really want to recommend that you keep that list in a place that's easily noticed. Uh, I have one taped on the in the part of my closet door that's always open. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm in there every day. I see it. It acts as a really good reminder. Some people have taped them in their bathroom. Um, um, they keep them on a nightstand so they can wake up and say, how am I going to take care of myself today? Right. Um, So take that list, fill it out with the things that are really apropos to you Mm -hmm. uh, in the event that some of the ideas that we've included aren't, and make a commitment to spend 15 minutes a day engaging in some form of self-care. So, Leslin, how do you practice self-care? For me, self-care is very different than it is for you. You know, I don't as we've established, I don't care if there's dishes in my sink for a couple of days. It's super important, however, for me to have some expression of creativity. I do a lot of writing and in the last year I've started painting again after many, many, many years. Um, I have a craft um, table or desk and I'll say almost a little craft shop in my basement. I sew. Um, I love to garden. So those are the things that I do when I need to create a little zen in my life. I'm also um, relatively consistent with some guided meditation or some mindfulness practices. Okay, so I have a question. How would you differentiate your hobby from self-care? Or does there even need to be a distinction? So actually, that's a good question. And I think they generally, for most of us, start out as one in the same but then some hobbies can become very stressful and they're no longer <laughs> a self-care activity yes. right yeah um, i have one of those yeah scrapbooking yeah i think for a lot of people that becomes stressful because you feel this pressure to keep up on it yeah uh, uh, yes and i and i will say that with painting over time i use enough material that and it, it's not necessarily inexpensive right so mm-hmm. in uh and then i end up with a lot of paintings what am i going to do with a lot of paintings that i've spent a lot of money on if i don't sell them right so i could donate them mm-hmm. but then i'm not going to replace the money i spent so that i can keep doing it yeah so in an effort to fund that hobby somehow i have to create a, a platform to sell the product of that hobby And I talk to a lot of people who end up in this same situation. And sometimes the effort that we have to put into the selling part 
that's not the hobby. Right. And so there is some balance um, that we have to figure out when we're identifying things that are we value and that help us feel joy. I'd also like to point out uh, that not only do individuals need self-care, but relationships need self-care. That's interesting. You know, let me ask you, Leslie, have you ever been away on a vacation without your children, just you and your husband? No, not that I can recall. No. So the last time that you and your husband had any significant amount of time alone was... Well, we we do get a week during the summer because my dad is awesome. And so my dad takes my children... He lives in Ohio for a week every summer. Oh, good. So you have a week's vacation, a a staycation. Staycation, yeah. Okay, a staycation without your children. So that's a great example Mm -hmm. of self-care if you're using that (laughs) to nurture your relationship. But I often talk to a lot of people who say, oh, yeah, we have a 14 and a 12-year-old, a 14-year-old, 12-year-old, and our last vacation together was our honeymoon. Oh, my gosh. And I want to caution against that ideology because your relationship needs nurtured. And frankly, a vacation with your children for most people is just a change of scenery. It's more work because you don't have the conveniences of your house. It's worse. <laughs> well, I, I can see how it might be. Yeah. Um, I always loved a beach vacation because the kids were completely entertained in one location and I didn't have to drive. I just had to walk down to the beach. Yeah. I could sit there and watch them all day. And then we walked back and it was really, for me, it was a vacation from the running around that I constantly did with four kids in the house. But, right. Yeah. Uh, relationships need nurtured as well and you are going to be a much better parent first if your relationship is strong and secondly if you're emotionally strong and healthy as an individual so something else that i think comes up a lot in regards to self-care is the fact that people themselves either believe that self-care is selfish or their partner or spouse believes it's selfish or even as a whole, our community or culture believes that it's selfish. I agree. I believe that there's a, a persistent mentality in our culture that identifies, or at least has the potential to identify that self-care is selfish. And it's quite the contrary. If we really get down to brass tacks, when you're on an airplane, and most people probably listening have flown at least once, and if not, then you need to know when you get on an airplane, the first thing they do is a safety check, right? The stewards, right. The, stewards, the stewards stand up in the middle of the airplane and they say if there's a changing cabin pressure, an oxygen mask is going to drop down from the ceiling and you must put it on yourself first. Right, for your if, children. If you are traveling with a child, you put yours on first and then theirs. Now, why would we do that? I mean, I'm as a mom, aren't I supposed to... Like be protecting my kid at all costs. Right. But you can't do that if you're passed out. <laughs> Precisely. And, and you know, that's probably the, at the, is it selfish for me to put it on myself? You know, I, no, of course not. No. I can't help my child or anybody else in my life if I'm not first taking care of myself. Right. That's not selfish. As a matter of fact, um, I might suggest that that's actually incredibly compassionate 
if um, if I'm working really hard day after day after day and I come home and I haven't recharged my battery, let's say I'm just emotionally and physically drained because I've worked so hard, I walk in the house and somebody needs something from me, mm-hmm. I can't give it to them. Right. It Whether it's homework help or advice or cooking dinner, I can't give it to them. And I might be so overwhelmed that I... I come into the house like a bull in a china shop saying, get out of my way, because I, right. I just simply am on backup batteries. Right. When the backup battery is gone, what's left? <laughs> yeah, absolutely nothing. Right. right. So it's self-care is not a selfish thing at all. It, it's selfish if you have complete disregard for other people, and that's not what we're talking about. And I think the more broad you come to recognize this topic that it can look like many different things the less likely people are to think that it's selfish because i mean i i can see i mean my husband is incredibly supportive when i need time to myself um so i'm I'm very lucky in that regard but i could definitely see how if i required an hour and a half bubble bath every night that you know that could be seen as selfish because it's like oh my gosh you know that's a long time and that's very specific and you know that really cuts into our our family time or whatever but i think if you if you come to see it as so much more than just that one particular thing it's easier to fit it in and when it's easier to fit it in you know it it best accommodates your family and your life and um i don't think people see it as being so selfish then yeah, and I and I, I'll probably th- I think it's important to add to this also that we can misconstrue wanting something to be a self care activity. Um, I can't tell you how many clients these days are coming in, and I'll use the word complaining that their partner is playing Fortnite until midnight, right. night after night after night. And it might have been something else years ago, you know, yeah. maybe it was man caves or golf or bowling or, you know, yeah. um, if we are so involved in an activity that we're utilizing for self-care, that we fail to recognize that we need to have balance in our relationships, then it becomes problematic. So right. I do think it's possible to abuse the idea of some when something is self-care. Yeah. Uh, and but I don't want to take away from the fact that it's still critically important. Sure. Yeah. So once again, the try this at home tip for today is to make self care a discipline by including 15 minutes of it in each day. Something that brings you joy, whether it's a bubble bath or a clean kitchen sink. <laughs> so today and always, we are super grateful that you took the time to listen. Next week, we'll be talking about time management, and we hope that you'll join us for that discussion. Of course, you can find all of our podcasts and connect with us on www.trythisathomepodcast.com, where we hope you'll subscribe to our feed. You can also find us on the iTunes store and let everyone know what you thought of Try This at Home by providing a rating. Until next week, this is Leslie and Les Lynn suggesting you try this at home.
All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.